we have to be self-aware and really understand all those components in order to help others understand who we are and who we want to show up as. There are a lot of components to creating this brand. It's knowing your reputation, thinking about what's your unique vision, what's your mission, what are your goals, who's your audience, right? Who who are your peers, competitors? What do you offer? That I could go on. There's a whole list of things that we need to assess for ourselves and think about in order to set the foundation and be able to both speak and write our personal brand so that we can put it out there into the world. That's Lisa Cruel, a leadership coach who supports young professionals, mid-level managers, and C-suite leaders enhance their leadership skills and the way that they're seen by others. Using positive psychology, Lisa uses an approach that helps people focus on their strengths to gain clarity and to make progress toward their full potential. Lisa has a degree in organizational management, a graduate certificate in coaching, and studied economics and psychology at Clark University. After more than 10 years as a human capital consultant at a global management consulting firm, Lisa has turned her full-time focus to developing people one-on-one through coaching. For the last nine years, she's had her own business, which is now called NextGen Leadership. As a part of her approach, Lisa focuses on one of the most important aspects to success in the modern workplace and in life in general, And that's the way you're seen by others, which in marketing terms is your personal brand. It may seem strange to think of your career like you're an Instagram influencer, but the idea that how people feel about you impacting your career success is not a new one, but something that's getting greater focus. Today, we're going to talk about the concept of your personal brand, essentially your reputation and the importance of it to achieving success in work and life. Lisa, I just wanted to thank you for joining today. I do not know how many years we have known each other, but I'm sure it's too long for you. So I really appreciate you coming on to talk to me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, I think we're, we're going on 10 years now. So it's Oh, wow. Wow. So you're the only person who can put up with me for 10 years. So that's <laughs> a good sign. So let me, let me start by talking a little bit about uh, sort of my introduction to the concept of uh, personal branding. Back, you know, like in the early 2000s, before journalists were influencers, I had a colleague and a friend named Andrew Ross Sorkin who created this thing for the New York Times called The Deal Book. It was basically this like online newsletter that eventually became an online subscription newsletter. And he started to appear on TV stations. Eventually, he wrote this book called Too Big to Fail and Billions. But, you know, our colleagues were talking about how he was building his personal brand. And at the time, I was just completely baffled by why a journalist or really anyone other than a celebrity would need a personal brand. And I was wondering if you could just sort of define 
what a personal brand is. Yeah, absolutely. So there are a lot of definitions out there that are saying mostly the same thing. I, I like the the reach personal branding definition. It was created by or defined by William Aruda, who's essentially known as like the personal branding guru. And it's one that I've kind of learned and adapted during my time studying personal branding. Um, that was with career thought leaders. And so I'll share that one. And it's very simple. Your personal brand is your unique promise of value or essentially what you offer others. Mm. It's, it's knowing your unique attributes, um, your strengths, skills, your values, your passions, and using those to guide your business decisions and even your personal decisions and to really like, stand out from the pack. Yeah. I was, you know, it's kind of interesting for me. I was initially pretty skeptical of the concept of personal branding, but sort of two things slammed together that got me to think about it differently. So one was my training in psychology and thinking about the idea that like, you know, how I view myself may not be as important as it to at least getting ahead and getting along with people than how they view me. And then the second piece of it was in my coaching work, working with leaders, I kind of can drop most of them into two buckets. You have these very emergent leaders. You know, they get attention. Everybody knows who they are. Everybody sees their leadership potential. And then you often have these effective leaders who aren't as emergent. And as I worked with more, and you know, my, my job there is basically to make the emergent leaders more effective and the effective leaders more emergent. But working with those effective leaders who needed to become more emergent, I began to sort of think about this idea of brand being something that could really help organizations because they would be able to notice and see the value in people who didn't ha have, let's say, necessarily the natural personality characteristics that would help them get ahead. I was just curious, what drew you to personal branding? Uh, yeah, so it was, um, I guess, back in maybe 2010, 2011, when personal branding was sort of this abstract concept to me. And I think to a lot of people back then, it's gotten more attention recently. But it was, it was when I had, I guess, my own experience of feeling the impact of not understanding my brand. And I had completed my leadership coaching certificate, I, I think a few years prior, but was still doing human capital consulting full-time and wasn't really ready to make the professional leap into coaching yet. You know, as a, as a coach, we know that there are financial and business risks to making a big change, but often there's a looming like larger than life inner critic, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, the consulting firm I worked for had some coaching contracts and a group of like organizational change professionals who managed the coaching work, whether that was internal or with clients and worked on like coaching related proposals and, and whatnot. And even though my team knew I was a certified coach, for some reason, I wasn't being looped into those conversations and I sort of remained an outsider looking in, or at least that's how I felt. How early were you in your career at that point? Uh, let's see. I was probably seven or eight years into my career. So I was still okay. fairly young. But not just through the door. 
Right, right, exactly. Um, and, and I guess at, at, at that time, the, the closest I got to coaching was like administrative work and a book club where I would go and listen to other coaches talk about coaching related topics so that I could really kind of grow in, in my passion. I, I knew back in grad school that I wanted to coach professionally for the rest of my life. That was my moment where I, I just said, this is it. I'm, I love coaching. I'm, this speaks to me. It's my values. It's, it's everything. And so I, I started doing what I could to, to make that happen slowly, but surely. And, but it was, I guess, you know, to answer your question, it was during that time that I began to question like what's going on here. I was a new coach. Sure. I was fairly untested. I was young, I guess maybe around 30 or so years old. And so in in the coaching world, that was young, but my intuition was still telling me that none of those things were what was holding me back. And then I guess in, in 2014 or 2015, when I earned my resume writing certification and started doing a lot of executive resumes for senior leaders who were going after really sort of niche roles, it, it was my responsibility as the writer and the coach to help them set themselves apart through words and language and mm. really uncover their strengths and how others see them so that I could help them sort of sell themselves and get the next role that they were going after. So I guess it was at that time, things really began to click for me. And I came to understand my own journey. And in in that reflection, came to see that my reputation wasn't yet that of leadership coach, even though I considered myself one. I guess instead, I was, I guess I was aligned with highly reliable consultant with a quiet voice maybe a trusted team player who wasn't going to make noise and was going to pitch in and help get the job done. So yeah, it was and has continued to be a journey for me too to get where I am today. That's kind of fascinating. I mean, I find one of the things that I really love about coaching in general, and I think it's probably true about a lot of things that involve people, you know, where we're helping people in the workplace is that I will be sitting there coaching someone and I will listen to myself talking at times and the questions I'm asking and think to myself, hmm, maybe I should apply this uh, maybe to my own life. And so it sounds like you're going through your journey, working on these resumes, helping people sort of like sell their own stories. And it was the confluence of that and the fact that you weren't being seen the way that you wanted that kind of came together there. I, I've always wondered, it, may, it made me think of something. I've always wondered about when it comes to a brand, you know, just thinking about where you were in your career, maybe things would have moved faster if a couple of years before you had started to develop this image of yourself. Is there a point where it's too early to start building your personal brand? I don't think so. I, I, I don't think so at all. In fact, I have two small kids who are elementary school aged and we're already talking about it. One of them is, <laughs> is um, neurodiverse. And so EQ and, and kind of understanding oneself is a little bit of a challenge. And so I, I do want them to start thinking about it and, and to not only help build their self-confidence, but start thinking about how are you recognized? How do you come across to the world, to your friends, to your teachers? 
and there's a, I guess what I try to turn around for them is, is that age old saying of, you know, don't worry about what other people think, just be yourself, right? We've heard that time and time again. And, and I agree with it to a, a very large extent. It's great when we can drown out the negativity and the external influences and move in the direction we want to go because it feels right to us. What I tweak there is just sort of spinning that a little bit and and changing the saying for them. So it's just be yourself and help others understand what to think about you. Yep. Yep. That they're almost sort of that idea of identity and reputation can kind of be aligned, right? Like to know, to show the right things in the right moment. So back when, and I thought that was a great point that it really even starts when you're in school because how teachers and others view you can kind of open doors to opportunities or close different things. I remember when I was in high school, I middle school too, my brother, who's two years younger than me, was always coming up behind me. And he and I debate this often, but I take the position that he's smarter than me. <laughs> and it was very difficult for him because teachers perceived me as very smart. And then he would come in the wake and there would be these certain expectations. And what I would say at the time was, you know, it's not that I'm smarter than my brother. It's that I'm louder than my brother. So I'm sticking my smarts in your face. He's quiet, but he's way smarter than me. And it did impact things for a while. So that's kind of fascinating. And then also the point about like being authentic and true to yourself and how do you do that while building a brand. There's this quote I love by Sigmund Freud, who I'm not a huge fan of, but I do love this quote. It's like the you you know is not worth knowing. And what he's really talking about is that idea that when it comes to interacting with other people, you need feedback and you need to understand the way that they see you because most of what we do as humans involves working with other people and teams. I would probably adjust the quote slightly to say that the you you know is worth knowing, but it doesn't matter when to, <laughs> it doesn't matter to other people. Yeah. Um, so I, I was wondering what role does self-awareness play in building your brand? Yeah. I see it as the foundation, right? Like we have to be self-aware and really understand all those components in order to help others understand who we are and who we want to show up as. So there are, there are a lot of components to, to creating this brand. It's knowing your reputation, thinking about what's your unique vision, what's your mission, what are your goals, who are, who's your audience, right? Who who are your peers, competitors? What do you offer? That I could go on. There's a whole list of things that that we need to assess for ourselves and think about in order to set the foundation and be able to both speak and write our personal brand so that we can put it out there into the world. So yeah, yeah. self awareness is everything, and it can be very challenging. It's easy for those right with a high EQ who are extroverts and and just this comes naturally to them. But there's a large part of the population, right? Those introverts that I can relate well to and Mm -hmm. uh, those who are neurodivergent, who are as smart as can be. And I always say like, 
my son can figure out a way out of a box with no windows and no doors. <laughs> but <laughs> I ask him, what do your teachers and friends think about you? He will look at me like I am an alien from outer space. <laughs> so it, there's, there's a lot of considerations here. Uh, and so helping helping people understand and, and become more self-aware really is critical here. It's kind of interesting. As you were talking, I was thinking about the idea of like personal brand and like the idea, I know the way that I want people to perceive me acutely. I mean, I know the way that I want people to perceive me generally and also, you know, adapting to the moment, right? I'm sitting in front of someone, I hear a couple things that they say, and I can tell I need to show like, I don't even view it as being someone different, but showing a different part of myself. Like this person's really interested in science. So I'll stick to the, you know, I'll pull out my scholarly hat or whatever, whatever that is. And yeah. I find it, it comes really natural to me and it's not as natural to a lot of people. But one of the things that's really fascinating about it is you may want to know the way that you're perceived, but if you don't start with a baseline of knowing your reputation or even knowing your goals or where to, where to go, that you could have a real blind spot, right? You could, you could be, and I remember this earlier in my career, I came off in a way that I completely did not intend. When I heard feedback from people, I was taken aback because I didn't think I came. So where do you start in this whole process of personal branding is, I guess, what I'm getting at. Yeah, that's a great question. And so this is where assessments can come into play, right? We've all, uh, most of us have heard of the Myers-Briggs, right? Understanding your personality, or a lot of us may have gone through different leadership or professional 360 assessments at work to kind of understand what do others see as our strengths and weaknesses. There are surveys and different assessments out there that help you identify what your personal brand is. Um, the Reach 360 is an example of that. These are you know not costly things that that anyone can use just to kind of get started and pulse their family, their friends, their coworkers, others in their community, and think about what does what am I putting out there to the world? How do these people see me? And it, it's kind of cool to get results back and, and understand, oh, my family and friends see me one way, but people at work see me very differently. And this is not jiving with the way that I want to show up. And so oftentimes an assessment or a, like a brand survey can be a really valuable place to start. And it doesn't even have to be costly. You can simply create some questions. You can do a simple Google search on personal branding, kind of learn about them, or just just think about what do I want to know from my stakeholders, from my community, create some questions and and send them out and see what you get back. It's It's free, it's simple. And this can be oftentimes a really great place to start to get some data to work with and then begin that where is the disconnect? Where am I matching with what others think of me? And and kind of go from there. Yeah. One of the things I was just thinking about, like 360 assessments, you know, you have different kinds of raters, maybe your your bosses, your peers, and then subordinates are rating you and you're rating yourself on different qualities and you get to see the 
the gaps. But I, I was wondering, could you, like you gave the example of the Reach 360, could you give us uh, just sort of a, some insight into how a personal branding assessment like that would work? Because I imagine your personal brand is probably broader than just those above you, beside you, below you. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so as far as doing a, a brand survey like like the Reach 360, uh, it, it just starts with compiling a list of everyone that is in your network, thinking about friends, thinking about family, uh, sometimes church community or volunteerism, those who get to see you in a leadership capacity, even if it's not in a professional setting, maybe it's in a different capacity. So thinking about everything and everyone that sort of you touch in your life and that might touch you. And once you have that list together, then you can, you know, connect with someone that can run that type of assessment for you. And it asks a lot of really great, sometimes fun questions. And they're, they're, they can be silly things, but they really can provide a lot of insight. I think in the reach, one of the questions is, uh, if you were a household appliance, what appliance would you be and why? And it asks everyone else to, to assess that too. And it's not so much about what the appliance is that makes the difference. It's about why. Why are you right. this appliance? Are you a uh, washing machine because you are tried and true and you are constantly moving and making things happen, right? Or are you a toast, a reliable toaster, right? There's a whole lot of different directions you can go in. Um, but that's kind of a fun way to, and non-threatening way to kind of better understand how you come across to others. And so being able to get that information back in a brand survey like that can be really valuable. When I was a, a young reporter, I was being interviewed internally by the sports editor of the uh, New York Times because I was going over to cover the business of sports. And his first question was, if you were fruit, what fruit would you be? And I was taken aback. And I said, well, I'd be a kiwi. And he asked me why. And I said, well, it's a great fruit. It tastes great. It's a little tart, and you don't want to have it all the time. Um, <laughs> and and I thought it was actually a pretty decent description of my personality at the time. But one of the things I was just sort of thinking about that in an assessment like that is part of the value, I imagine, is like looking at the greater group, right, and how they perceive you versus how you perceive yourself. But also probably, I'm guessing you have sub-brands too, right? You may want to have a slightly different brand with your subordinates than you do with your church. Are you able to use it in the, those ways too? Yeah. So as far as thinking about, you know, more broadly than those who are in the professional space, it's, it would be great for, for really anyone to start thinking about their personal brand. You don't have to be in the workplace. You can be in a church community. You can be in a volunteer organization. You can be someone who's approaching retirement or in retirement, who's thinking about what's next for me and, and leveraging your personal brand as a way to make a, either make a big shift or even a small shift. And just in terms of helping to better understand 
how others see you so that you can leverage that data, that information to start thinking about what could I do with this? Well, this is helpful to me as far as what I can begin to think about. So as a brainstorming tool, it's it can often be great when you're looking to make a change, but aren't sure where to begin. So sort of like stepping back a little bit, Lisa, I wanted to ask you just a little bit about what growing up was like, what your family was like, and what sort of inspired you to get into a helping profession. Yeah, sure. So uh, growing up, uh, both my parents, I guess you could say were in helping professions. My mother started her career as a preschool teacher and then stopped to raise her children and then went back into uh, like customer facing banking. And my father from college all the way um, through his career was a, a sports columnist for a newspaper in Connecticut where I grew up. And so I, I got to learn a lot from him as far as the power of messaging and communication and and words. And I think that has helped me a lot, both as a resume writer and even as a coach, thinking about the power of of messaging and, and also thinking about your audience, being flexible to your audience and with both of them, though, I, I always, they were very encouraging and they, they both believed strongly in education. Um, there was never any pressure from them as far as me having to take a specific career path. And so sometimes that, that can be great, but that can also be a little overwhelming to think about, okay, well, where do I begin? I'm not getting any, any sort of pressure from my parents as far as, you know, try this path or try that path. But it's so funny you say that because, you know, you constantly get complaints from people who are like, my parents want me to be a doctor and a lawyer. It's equally as scary when your parents are like, whatever you want. Yes, 100%. There is a middle ground. And and I very much appreciate that. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I never really felt pressure from them. And, and I just watching them wanted to make sure that you know, I look to see, are they happy in what they're doing? Are they happy in their jobs? And for my father, that was his life. Sports writing was, was his life and his community. And so I knew professionally that I, I wanted to be in the right community for me. And it wasn't right away that I found that. I mean, I didn't know what coaching was until I was in grad school in my you know late 20s when I even really understood the definition of of leadership coaching. And so when I found it though, I knew that that was my that was my place, that was my community, that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life and here I am, you know, 15 years later still feeling very confident about that. So I do I owe a lot to them and very much appreciate those lessons and and watching them growing up. Yeah, that that probably explains, by the way, why you uh, why you're able to tolerate me. My mother was a school <laughs> teacher, and obviously, I was a I was a journalist and a writer. And one of the funny things in listening to what you said is that actually, you know, a lot of people don't realize that sports is actually the way that we create all of our metaphors. Metaphors about leadership, metaphors about competition. It's the way that we sort of communicate with the world and sports writing has an amazing sort of powerful uh, 
powerful impact on things. You know, one of the things that uh, I want to throw out there is, and you know, coming from a background in clinical psychology, I'm totally fascinated by like psychopathology and the dark side of mm-hmm. personality. And you know, one of the things that sort of like jumps out to me in thinking about personal branding is that there's a lot of it that seems to sort of focus on the positive psychology piece of it, sort of leveraging, you know, your character strengths, you know, leveraging those strengths that sort of really allow you to flourish as a human being. But one of the things I was kind of thinking about, and you'll love this story. So I was, I was uh, taking an advanced uh, assessment certification. And the exercise that we had to do in the certification was analyze this assessment report and then present to an executive who is considered hiring a potential candidate. And I go through my whole assessment, my analysis, and I present it. And the executive literally says to me, do you have anything good to say? And (laughs) I was like, no, how would that help? (laughs) But I do think, I really do think that there is like a, um, a bright side that at the point I probably didn't entirely appreciate because over time, what I found was it's not that you want people's dark side to disappear. You want them to be able to dial it down enough that it can be a strength. So I, I was just wondering from your perspective, is it both, is personal branding both about leveraging those strengths and letting them be seen and also sort of pushing down some of those things that will derail you? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. It is. And, and it is one element of the bigger picture, right? Thinking about the positive psychology side and, and knowing your strengths and weaknesses. Yes, that is very much a component of personal branding. And one of those sort of checklist items I mentioned earlier that, that you want to really think about there are even, you know, we talked about brand surveys before there are, you know, other assessments that are, that are free, like the via strengths that you can take to uncover, to uncover those things and and give yourself a starting place. So if you want to know what your top five or what your top 10 strengths are, as far as how you show up, you can take a a self-assessment like that and enlighten yourself and give yourself some ideas for, for interviewing, for performance reviews in the workplace, for helping craft messaging along your personal brand for knowing what to put into your resume. So yeah, there are a lot of a lot of uses and and also to your point things that you can understand that you might want to stay away from in an interview. <laughs> right? Things that things that um, may not be your your gifts, but working strongly with the ones that are and helping other people understand them. So yeah, it's that's really important. Yeah, yeah. In the beginning, you talked a little bit about that idea where earlier in your early in your career, you sort of weren't being perceived. Sort of, you know, you weren't being perceived for your sort of whole set of skill sets for an assortment of different reasons. And I was thinking a little bit about you know a young person in your shoes a couple of years later, and it probably also applies to like mid level managers or even C suite executives, depending on you know, where, where you are in your career and, you know, the different roles or different stages of where you're at. But I was thinking in particular about young people. And I'll tell you the story. 
So when I was a reporter at the Times, I was known for like coming into the office in Birkenstocks and, you know, like baggy pants and who knows what kind of shirt um, in a really sort of like button down suit and tie kind of environment. And one day I show up in a suit and my mentor comes up to me and is like, ah, that's not going to work. Um, and his point was, his point was essentially that dramatic of a shift, you know, without a certain kind of event was just too stark for people. And it came off as inauthentic. So I wonder for people who are young in their careers, where you do have to make shifts, you know, you know, where you are going to be moving from job to job to role to role, or even the company to company at different points. Is there a way to kind of like manage that? Is there any advice you'd give them on managing their brand and changing their brand in a way that doesn't throw people off? Yeah, that's a really, a really good question. So I think it goes back to, you know, what I was saying before about helping others understand who you are rather than worrying about worrying about the opposite, right? Focus on what you want to radiate to the world. And in as far as, you know, social media isn't going anywhere. And so I think about LinkedIn as a tool to use to think about a, a place to sort of test your brand and into somewhere to place it, for instance, on your tagline under your name. So some for some people, that'll be really easy to do. They they will know exactly who they are and what they want other people to know about. And coming up with that tagline will be a cinch. And for others, it will take minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, <laughs> years of agonizing over this in order to get it. And so I, what I want to do is help those people understand that it's okay. You don't have to agonize over over getting started with your personal brand and and making a name for yourself professionally like it's okay just like take a moment and and meditate and breathe and know that this doesn't have to be stressful um it right go back yeah no well it's funny you take that example of social media it's very funny for me i've always you know struggled with what exactly i'm gonna i'm gonna put where? Because like on LinkedIn, I'm like a business executive who runs a company and is also a coach. On Twitter, my tagline is like, been touching hot surfaces since 1976, right? Like I'm a, I'm a lot more punchy. <laughs> and then I'm trying to think on Facebook, I'm just like the same Jason you've known since high school is the way that I come off. But the, the funny part of it is if I were to combine them, like my Instagram and the pretty flower and cat pictures I take, my, you know, LinkedIn and more serious front or my sassy front on Twitter, they're all actually a piece of me. They're really authentic, but they're really for different audiences. Cause like my family and friends are on Facebook, my colleagues and people I do business with are on LinkedIn and then Twitter are primarily people I am trying to annoy or <laughs> are trying to annoy me. So, so there is something to that idea of being able to be authentic, but presenting yourself different ways in different spaces. Would you agree with that? Yes, I think that's a great example, uh, for sure, as, as far as bringing it all together, right? We were talking about personal branding, just being sort of 
a lot of different things that come together, your strengths, your values, your skills, what you are passionate about, what you offer, right? And those touch different facets of our lives. And so, yes, sort of reining that in, bringing it all together and and looking at the full picture. Uh, There is a picture that is right for LinkedIn and there is a picture that is right for Twitter and and TikTok, everything. Uh, So just knowing how to tweak your message for each audience can go a long way, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of work under the surface in order for some people to get there and, and really understand what is this message. But the, the good news here is there's really no wrong answer, right? right? There's right. no test here. It's just figuring out what's right for you. And so you are your own check and balance. And for those who, who know deep down um, or in coaching, I, I encourage people to, you know, what's in your gut? What do you, what do you want to say here? And using that as a starting place uh, just to, to start figuring out where to go with that messaging. Sort of trusting yourself and trusting mm-hmm. your intuition right. and then using what you collect to build on that. It's funny. One of the things that I use as sort of like a measure of my own authenticity you know, and I, I never really thought about it until this moment in the context of brand. But, you know, I think of the many sort of pieces of me that display in different ways. And I ask myself this question. If I took my friends from my different friend groups, if I took my colleagues and I took, you know, whoever else, my family members, put them all in the room with me, would they all sort of be like, yeah, that's Jason? And I always thought that like I can be slightly different and show things differently in this group as long as if in my head I could pull all these people together and the person that they got and would resonate with the person that they know that I wouldn't be, you know, shocking half the group cuz they're like, "Oh, wow." But I it, you know, for me, my colleagues know I'm crazy, my family knows I'm crazy, pretty much anyone who encounters me, they just <laughs> see different shades of it. And I, I think that's a good way, at least for me, to think of having a brand and also keeping authenticity, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Do you agree that's with? a great example, yes. And there's your commonality. So, yes, everyone <laughs> across <laughs> whatever. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. They might not use the word crazy. I, I was talking to an executive recently that I work with who's a C-suite executive, and we were like laughing and joking in the hallway of their organization. And I, I don't know what, I said something funny to someone else. And she was like, I can't believe your audacity sometimes. And I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. I let them know I'm a little nuts up front. So when they see it, they're not shocked. <laughs> well, there you go. See, you're a great example of, of messaging your personal brand and creating that out to the world. So great. <laughs> you know, I was, I was thinking about something just sort of like broadly and generally uh, when it comes to sort of young people also. And it's in this article in Harvard Business Review sort of encapsulated it. And it told this story about a young professional who made the mistake of sort of thinking his efforts, his education and his performance were kind of enough to get a promotion. And then he never got, he never got that promotion and I, I suspect some of that is because he didn't really understand the way those different things were coming off or not coming off to people. 
Do you think that's sort of like a common risk of being young that the world sort of tells you you need your four-year degree, plus you need your master's, plus you need this certification, and everyone's not necessarily going to see that? Sure. Yeah, that's a really great point. I I think you're right. Like those, the, the education and your level of effort and performance, those are all factors here, but not that X factor, so to speak, as far as personal branding. So always like be thinking about what makes you want to, what makes someone want to pick up the phone and call you specifically, want to reach out to you because of your strengths and passion and value and the way you show up in the world. I have had so many clients over the last several years who think that getting a new degree or a new certification or taking on a new role is the answer to making that shift or like yeah, that degrees who they are so that some probably not going to work unless you like paste it to your forehead and walk around all the exactly. time. Exactly. <laughs> yes, and and so sometimes that's true, but a lot of times it's not. A lot of times this is just about knowing your brand and putting it out to the world, like speaking it, living it, being your, and the key word here is authentic, authentic, right? Being your authentic self and helping others understand what that means. And if you don't know exactly what that looks like now, you can, you can uncover it. Right. Yeah. And I think it shows up, it seems like it shows up in really subtle ways. You know, I was, uh, working on a project with a manager where I was the consultant on the project and she was the manager on it. And our key points of contact kept coming to me and instead of to her. And I, at first we, we were sort of thinking, okay, I have a little bit of management experience. I have management authority and I'm also a consultant so I can be a one-stop shop for them. But as we thought about it, it dawned on us because we had to, we had to think about our audience here and, I'll ask a little bit about the audience, but we had to think about our audience and we realized they're busy, they're understaffed. And what it really was, was that I would respond quickly. Like they would send me an email. I would make a decision, might be a good decision, might be a bad decision, but I would like pull the trigger and they'd get a message back in a few minutes. And that they were gravitating to me because of that. And we had to sort of like, adjust sort of our brands with the audience, but it meant that she had to step up and be more responsive. Even though she wasn't necessarily as comfortable with making quick decisions. And I had to slow down and ignore that email in my box because I, even though it was a brand they wanted, I was sending the wrong one for my role and she was sending the wrong one for her role. And I, I wonder what role sort of like understanding your audience plays in personal branding. I imagine for influencers, it does, right? Like if you're selling shoes versus you're doing X, Y, or Z. But do you think knowing your audience is sort of crucial too? I do. I, I think to a degree, knowing your audience is is important, especially if you're thinking about you know job interview or wanting to move up in your career or you know get a specific role. It's important for all those things, knowing your audience for sure. Those folks who are like the creatives who are in the social media space. Yes, you've got to know your audience, right? But for the rest of us, um, I I still kind of default to know yourself first. Well, because your primary audience is actually yourself. It's 100%. Yeah, the person you're serving 
mm-hmm. is you. Right. A lot of times that can take the pressure off. That can take the stress off of having to be everything to everyone. Mm. And it allows you to kind of hone in and think about, okay, what are the top three things that I hold that I value that I'm passionate about? And how can I share those gifts with others? It sort of turns it around and just makes it a little bit easier to, to process without adding in that inner critic, right? Those things that are going to come in and sabotage us that are those external factors. Mm, That's great. So if today, right, you know, you were sitting in front of of a bunch of young career professionals, we somehow captured a ton of them in a room. Mm -hmm. Is there any advice you would give them about brand throughout the arc of their career? Yeah, the first thing I would say is, It's the same thing that I tell people when we're writing resumes is that it isn't, it's always a working document. Your personal brand is always a work of art. It's, it's an art and a science and it is always fluid. So we're taking a snapshot of it at this point in time for a specific purpose, right? No matter what that is, maybe you're looking to get into college or get your first job or make a change, whatever it might be. We're taking a snapshot of of who you are now, but we're all growing and we're all learning new skills and uncovering new things through different experiences, through different friendships, through different stakeholders. And all those things affect our personal brand as far as the way we show up and the way we want to show up for Mm. others. And so I I think that's really a, a key point to make is that, you know, those go back to basics, those values, passions, and strengths that distinguish you from others is it can change, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. And always be thinking about, you know, what, what do I need to show the world right now? And sometimes that'll stay, you know, sometimes that'll stay the same and sometimes it won't. But again, learning about messaging and learning how to pull all this together that we're talking about and think about what is my, from there, what is my personal brand statement? What's Mm. that one sentence that helps me tell someone else my unique promise of value? If you can do that, then you're in a really good place to get started. And some people would even say like, you're, you're so far past started that you've, you've, you've got it, right? You've got your brand and now figure out what you want to do with it. So what's your one statement? Yeah, so <laughs> that's a good question. Um, <laughs> mine is, it's very simple. I, I help leaders and professionals create positive change for themselves and their organizations. I like that. I like that. So Lisa, I wanted to just thank you for coming on and give you a chance to, if you just have any closing thoughts you want to share with the audience. Uh, Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been really fun to talk about something that I am so passionate about. Uh, So thank you. It's been a a good time. But I guess it's just in terms of closing, I would say, um, trust yourself here, use your gut, use your intuition, as far as a starting point. And then if you're feeling overwhelmed, uh, ask for help, ask others to support you in, in figuring out what is my brand? How do I come across to you? 
Um, you know, think about all those free things that we talked about that are available and create yourself an action plan so that if you really want to, to work on this, whatever stage of your life you're in, you can do so and, and be able to, to see your progress along the way and, and hold yourself accountable. So I'm, I'm an action oriented coach. And at the end of the day, I, I always want to know at the end of a coaching session, like what's your, what's your accountability? What are you going to do going forward? And so uh, if you can come out of this thinking about the actions you want to take, then I feel like we've won. All right, Lisa, I'm going to ask you one more question. You mentioned on the Reach uh, 360 that it asks a question about what appliance you are, home appliance. What appliance are you? Oh, so funny. I wish I could remember. Um, I I was something very reliable. Like I think I gave the example of like a dishwasher or something, but I was, I know I was an appliance that like was tried and true and was always there for you because that's something that I hold hold dear as far as my community. Yeah. I, well, I can tell you that's true from my perspective. So thanks again, Lisa. I really appreciate you coming on to talk about this sort of important topic. You know, as we're headed into an environment where we have a very competitive job market likely headed in front of us, and certainly within organizations, it's often, you know, one of the common things I hear is I'm inside an organization, but I'm not doing what I really want to do, I think this can help people and help people balance. I think the most powerful thing that I took away is that there's a way to build your personal brand and still be, still be authentic.